Okay, I hit record. Three, two, one. <laughs> Clap. Hi, everyone. Hi. This... Hi, Chad. I was pretending to, to be everyone. Oh, you're pretending to be everyone? You yeah. are everyone. You're everyone to me, Chad. Everyone Welcome has that this... high-pitched voice. Hi. <laughs> it's it's a an average audio sample of everyone saying hi, and it tends to be on the on the high Will side. you just read the intro? God damn it. No, I don't read the intro. <laughs> I say the intro because I know it. Welcome to the Split Screen Gaming Podcast, that occasionally weekly podcast where three lifelong friends correspond about video games from the comfort of each other's homes. I am Holden DePardo, and I'm here with... Yo soy Chad Michael Innes. This is going to be a fun episode. This is because episode it's 34. Yes. No, this is 35, man. 35? Wow, 35 yeah, episodes. 35. Well, welcome everyone to episode 35. You come in here last week all puffing your chest out saying, we need to announce the number of the episode at the beginning of every one. <laughs> and then you come in here and fuck it up the first time. I fucked it up. I fuck up a lot of things, though. You know what I mean? Do any research. I'm, I'm a human... I'm a... What was the... Um, it's like Ben Wyatt Human Disaster, or what was it in Par- Parks and Rec? I don't know, but I really like Parks and Rec. Yeah, it's like, it's like Ben Wyatt. Not to remember that, I guess, but... Yeah, Ben Wyatt Human Disaster. Holden Pardo. Human disaster. I can't get anything right anymore. Human disaster. That's a uh, play on the word beautiful disaster by, uh, uh, who is that? I feel like his, his uh, initials are J and person. M. John McLaughlin? Josh Groban? No, that's not an Josh M. Groban. Hey it's Siri, yeah. who sings beautiful <laughs> disaster? Oh shit, Siri across the room picked it up instead. I'm, I'm not is there an answer? I can hear it. Well, she said it, but I have headphones on and I can't hear all the way across the room. So I'll just Google it. Well, while you're Googling that and finding out that vitally important information, Mm -hmm. I say we start off by talking about what games we've been playing this week. It's a pretty original thing for us to do. Oh, man. What? So it didn't bring up the song, but it did bring up a, a book, Beautiful Disaster. Guess what the initials of the author are? J.M.? Jamie McGuire is her name, or that's, his name. It could be a boy's really name funny. or a girl's name. It could be. It could be. You're, you're super sexy for that. The song. Oh, Kelly Clarkson. There must be multiple. That is an equal disasters. gender opportunity name. John McLaughlin is the other one. Yes. Nailed it. I was right, that's Josh it. Groban. That's the Split Screen Gaming Podcast, episode thirty-five. <laughs> we talked about a book. We're like two and a half minutes into this, and we have yet to talk about video games at all. What are we doing with our lives, Chad? Oh, you know what I'm doing with my life? I beat Mario Odyssey's campaign, which I guess is like maybe 30% of the game. Yeah, there's way more to do after the campaign. So yeah, let's talk about that. I think we're still going to do a spoiler episode. This will not be spoilery, but oh my god, is this my favorite Mario game of all time. Right? Right? I was trying to hold back saying that last time, but yeah, it really is. It is the perfect balance of... That old wedding thing, something new, something old. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it, it really is. is. No, I never put it together. Brand new totally gameplay. Right. I jumped yeah. into this thing saying, oh man, I'm not punching anything. I'm just throwing my hat at things. That's weird. And then I immediately loved it. And taking yep. over all of these things. Like, what does it feel like to be a fireball? What does it like to be a hammer bro? Mm-hmm. Like all of these. Well, yeah, you are a hammer bro at certain parts, right? Yeah. Or are you, you always a frying bro. pan bro? Well, that's kind of the... It's the same thing in this game. Like yeah. The hammer bro anyway. is the frying pan bro. But yeah. So I that part is really, really cool and makes it all seem fresh. The exploration is super cool and fresh. But then you also mm-hmm. have all of those retro moments that I'm not going to spoil. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. They're all just, yeah. There are so many of them. And I don't think it's they all to call say back that... to different games and it's so perfect. And it's yeah. just and enough too. It's also my favorite ending 
to a, a Super Mario game, like the it's not just the final battle, but kind of the, some of the post ish like stuff right afterwards is just I I haven't so had time cool. like credits roll. Oh, I haven't you, had time already to done the post credits. No, so I'm I'm talking about before credits roll. Okay, like you beat. Yeah, 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 yeah. You beat yeah, the yeah, final yeah, yeah, boss. Yeah, yeah, you can just yeah, say yeah. it's Bowser, and that's not really a <laughs> No, stop it! That's Super not Mario a RPG doesn't have Bowser as the final boss. Okay, but every mainline platforming Mario game has Bowser as a final boss, except the Game Boy. Uh, Super Mario Land, I think, didn't. Super Mario or even Land. then, I think. Oh, didn't. Wario was the boss of Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden yeah. Coins. I forgot but about every that. Every other one. And it was like the genie. Oh, shit. I'm going to go back and yeah. play that. I have it on my 3 But those are the only two what games that are like that. Every mainline Mario game has featured Bowser as a boss, especially the 3D ones. Every 3D one has featured that, so that's not a spoiler. That's like saying Ganon's in Zelda. I can't wait. I don't want to do a spoiler cast this week because I still want to play a lot of the post games. Yeah, no, no, since no. It's so important to the, the game. The post game is is the real game, as far as I'm concerned. I'm so freaking excited. It's great. There's some so it's kind of easy when you're first starting it out, and so it's it's kind of like frames. You're like, yeah, this is fun. I'm kind of enjoying this, and it really it just. The progression of difficulty as it goes along is really great, and the post-game stuff is like, oh, crap. Some of these levels are really hard. Like, I don't know how on earth I am supposed to do this. You'll get across some of them that are really difficult. I can't wait. I can't Yeah, it's really wait. good. So, do you have, like, a favorite a favorite kingdom at all you want to talk about? I, don't, I honestly don't want to spoil anything. You don't this is anything? the first Mario game where I'm like, I care about spoilers for Mario, and there were yeah. so many moments in this mm-hmm. game when I discovered a type of kingdom exists, or there was yeah. a, where I'm like, oh my yeah, god, definitely... that's amazing, I'm so glad I didn't know this going in. Yeah, like, there's one boss in the game where I'm like, this isn't a Mario game? Like, what is this specific boss doing in a Mario game? It doesn't, like, it fits, it totally fits, because the whole theme of the game is seeing new things you haven't seen before in a Mario game. But it was still super surprising when you when you came across it. I, yeah. I'm trying to be vague, but Good. there's it's really really solid. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad you liked it too. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait to do a spoiler chat where we can really like hash things out. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Hash it's browns. Really great. Have you been playing anything else at all, or is it just been Super Mario Odyssey? Um, no, it has been Super Mario Odyssey. But guess what comes out tomorrow? Horizon Zero Dawn: Frozen oh, Wilds, right. and apparently it's 15 hours long. Wow, that's a pretty that's a sizable DLC. DLC. That's a yeah. whole game of. That's a whole Uncharted DLC. That's a whole Uncharted game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so the, so yeah, I'm picking that up tomorrow. So I had to beat Super Mario Odyssey before that, but Super Mario Odyssey is something you know. Yeah. I bring it to work, play it on the bus. Yeah. On lunch breaks, things like that. We'll, we'll talk about that kind of stuff in a little bit when we get into the news. Yeah, um, yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. So I played Mario Odyssey as well, of course. Um, how many moons did you get, by the way? Oh, I don't remember. I think maybe I'm like 210, maybe? I don't know. I have a ridiculous amount. I have like 830 Yeah, how many of those moons. are bought? You um, pay for actually, 10 of them? W- the one per kingdom, fucking, and I got and I bought 10. You Panama Papers rich ass buying all those <laughs> moons up? And I just don't want you to have any moons, so I'm buying all the moons so you can't have any. Screw you. That's the goal, yeah. So I also started playing uh, SteamWorld Dig 2. Oh, yeah. How is that? It's really, really good. I super enjoy it. It is a Metroidvania kind of style game where it's a 2D kind of uh, um, side-scrolling where you're exploring a world. Yeah. But it's all underground, and you're mining. And as you're mining, you're actually kind of creating your map. Okay. So your map will be different than everybody else's because it's about how you mine through the world. And you kind of unlock new abilities, new skills that let you break certain types of of um of rock under the ground and 
it opens up pretty nicely and the environments are really varied. It's also has some of the best animation I've seen in a 2D game like yeah. this. The animations are so like you should seriously just look it up, like go to a video, look it up, and the animations are so so solid. There's it must be running at sixty frames per second. Everything has such character and like life to it. Like as the characters talk to you, they're kinda of, like bobbing around and it just the artwork is super good. It's it's much better than I thought it would be. I'm kinda of like, oh I wanna get like a two D kind of Metroid style game on on the on the Switch. I could have gotten Axiom Verge, but I was hearing good things about Steamroll Dig. So I decided to go for Steamroll Dig and I'm really enjoying it. It's awesome. Good. Yeah. And that was look too. Is there did they announce no, it was Spelunky Two that just got announced. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha, so it's good gotcha, stuff. Gotcha. It was fun stuff. But then I haven't been playing anything. Mario Odyssey has been taking up most of my time. You know what else comes out tomorrow? Hmm. Lunch? The Xbox One X. Lunch. Which Lunch means boxes. I'm going to be playing yep. Super Lucky's Tale on my... No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to be playing <laughs> any of that. I, I don't have the money to spend on that. You just bought an iPhone ten. I did. I just bought an iPhone ten. I thought yeah. about going back. I was like, what can I play on this thing to take advantage of this full screen? I thought about going back and maybe doing like Sorcery. Or Valley. No, I'm not gonna play it. No, I don't like puzzles. Holding Threes. Sword and Sorcery or uh that Dragon Cancer again. That's on I guess that is an iOS. Oh, the witness is on is on iOS now. You should download that because you that. love puzzles. Hi Ligashiza. <laughs> um yeah, so Xbox One X comes out. I want to I want to do like a a focus on the Xbox One X, but after people have it in their hands, yeah, and there's some more information to kind of go off of. That'll be next. But week. I've been reading some impressions, and so far it's yeah. very good. Yeah, it's very good. It's it's honestly it seems like it's a better version of the PS4 Pro. That's kind of what the, the vibe I'm getting. It's similar yeah. to the PS4 Pro, but it does it better. Yeah, yeah. In terms of like the, how the game patches work and that kind of stuff, which. We will also talk about in a little bit when we talk about the oh. news. Oh. Which you want to just get into the news right now? Let's get into that news. Tell me right. every piece of drip, droppy, savory news that you've got. Well, I got seven stories this week. And actually, <clears> let's <throat> just go to the Xbox One X news that I have. Okay, tell me everything about Xbox One X. It's uh, it's actually about Quantum Break. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their 4K patch is, in total, with the, the base game and the patch, it takes up 174 gigabytes, or 78 gigabytes on your... That is one-fifth one of your Xbox One X is taken yeah. by one game. And that's not too unusual. So that's the highest one. But, like, Forza was a little bit over 100 gigs, I believe. Yeah. That's just, oh, that really bothers me. Because, like, you can always plug in an external hard drive. But I feel like if you want to get an Xbox One X and you want to download games to it, you now have to spend more money to get a hard drive to plug into it if you don't already have a hard drive. But I'd can. say most people... I mean, you can. I mean, you can just delete games when you're done with them, and then wait for a hundred gigabyte download, and then wait, yeah, for two hundred gigabytes worth of Quantum yeah. Break to download, and then when you're but, when you want to play something else, you have to delete. Make sure you save your save game. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> so here's the thing, though. So it's a patch, though. So it's like, let's say that you have the Quantum Break disc, right? Yeah. And you're putting that on there. You still have to download that patch to play it in 4K. So if you want the benefit of having the 4K game, you still have to download at least 94 gigabytes of content to your Xbox One X. Yeah, that's crazy. Every game gigabytes. 
But you know, no, I mean, that game is also. I feel. I feel like that one's probably the the highest number because it is. Yeah, it's so a TV show. TV show focused. Yeah, there's yeah, a TV so show. Yeah, that. so actually, I have the breakdown here. So in the game itself, like yeah. without the patch and all that, the game, the base game is eight gigabytes, but the TV show is seventy five gigs of that Ooh. game, and that's separate from the ninety four gigabyte patch. So it's yeah. already a massive game. So when you make it have four K footage. Here's the thing, like, if I download, like, a TV show from iTunes, it's, like, maybe two gigs per episode if it's in HD. Yeah. Or, like, a, a gig to two gigs, depending on on the length of the episode. How These episodes in Quantum Break are only, like, 20-something minutes long. How many of them are there that it's 75 gigabytes? It just seems ridiculous to me. Well, I'm sure they're a little higher quality than the videos you get. I mean, you're, you're getting basically streaming quality videos from uh, iTunes, Whereas yeah. when you're actually playing like the stuff on the disc and the stuff on the Xbox mm-hmm. is going to be, they're not going to go and compress the shit out of it just so that they can fit it on the box. Yeah. So it's I'm just sure you're large. getting a much higher quality version of these things. Yeah, probably. But anyway, it just, I think it's a upsetting trend is that it, those patches are so massive, but it's also only going to be for your really big games. Like if you're playing, um, I don't think Fez is on PlayStation is on Xbox one is Xbox. Is it? Fez? I don't know. But like like Fez is like on everything like a game, else. A game like Fez, that's not gonna be a hundred gigabyte like download with right with a four K patch. So like it's only gonna be your big triple A games you're gonna are gonna have this. But if you're getting an Xbox One X, it's for your big triple A games. I'm not gonna like I'm sure Cuphead looks great on an Xbox One X, but it already looked super good on an Xbox One. I don't know how much they could really improve that beyond just making it like for K, like it wouldn't be huge, but I'm yeah. getting it for the AAA games. I'm not getting it for Cuphead. So speaking of, ooh, transition. large patches and large games taking up too much space. Do you have the article of La Noir on Switch? Oh, I I saw that. I forgot to write that one down. Yes, it's uh. So La Noir is another of those games that will require an SD card. Yes, uh, because it doesn't all fit on a cartridge. Uh, so yeah, so the physical version of the game, if you buy it physically on cartridge, you also have to download a 14 gigabyte patch that includes the rest of the game. So something, sorry, you can go ahead. Uh, yeah, because it doesn't fit on the cartridge. Now, of course, as a developer, they could choose to buy the more expensive, larger capacity card and fit it all on the card. Yeah. But, uh, that's just costs that they don't want to assume on themselves, which is, I mean, rightful, like the cartridge based media is expensive and... Mm-hmm. digital SD cards are super cheap nowadays, so you should go that route. But I just thought yeah. that it's interesting that NBA, I think, was the first one, and now we have mm-hmm. LNOR. In total, is 29 gigabytes, which is more than the memory on the Switch can hold. So that's another one of those that requires an SD card no matter what you got. Yeah, and I, I think in the case of LA Noir, the reason why is so much of that game is centered around the facial animations of the characters, and there's all these like mocap uh, you know, recordings they have of the actors and there, and for for every single mission, every single cutscene, like it's not like a a, a like an in game clip or something like that. Like it's part of the game itself. So I'm right. sure that takes up a huge <clears throat> amount of file size. But Skyrim is not going to be one of those games that's you have to put on the SD card. Matter of fact, it's only 15 gigabytes in total. That's because um, it's. I mean, it's not a game that looks that great. And it is the, what was it now? Ten years but it's, old. It's still huge. Alan Noir is also super old now too. It's still huge. And think about all the voice acting. In Skyrim, there's no, like, I don't think, I think the big deal of Skyrim is that 
every character is is voice acted, even like just just random people you meet in your town. Yeah. So that's still pretty impressive considering how many hundreds of hours of of gaming content there is, how many hundreds of hours of pre-recorded audio yeah, are in that impressive. game. So that's that's really impressive. The assets so, though, I'm sure they have like two mm-hmm. different types of trees that they they just spawn billions of times and Oh, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised about that. It is from like 2000 models. 2011? Yeah. It, it's it's an, an old game, yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's hop back over to that Microsoft Xbox One X. Yeah. There's another story that actually came out today. Mm-hmm. Say, uh, this is from IGN. says, Microsoft investing in studios to make more first-party games. Um, Good. They need to. Yes. So Microsoft will invest more in software and services in the near future with a video with a, sorry, with a view in making more first-party games, according to Xbox chief Phil Spencer. But, I mean, so yes, obviously that's something that everyone knows that they should have been doing for a while, and we were all kind of mm-hmm. disappointed by the reveal event that they, or by E3, that they didn't have more to, to announce. But what I think is super interesting is at the end of the article, there's a paragraph here that says, in the longer term, Spencer also says that Microsoft will probably introduce a game streaming service that doesn't require a console in the next three years. It will be powered by the Azure cloud servers that Microsoft uses for many of its services, making the process both cheaper and a better quality level than was possible with previous attempts. Interesting. Yeah. So kind of like, I guess, that PlayStation Now type thing where you could you could stream it to your TV or your computer mm-hmm. or your Vita or your PlayStation 3, but that was for, like, old games. Microsoft in the next three years is doing R&D on trying to figure out how to do that with I guess first party like mainstream. I wonder shit. what they mean by without buying a console though. Does that mean like if you have a Windows PC then you can do this, or is it do it from your phone, do it from you know your your computer? We'll have it built into televisions. Like, yeah. what does that actually look like? Because that can mean a lot of different things. It could, and it doesn't necessarily he... have to mean all first party or or Xbox level games. It could be like a two D indie level like really small bite sized game streaming service. Absolutely. Minecraft probably won't come to it though. No way. No way. It will. It'll be the first game they announce for it. You're an announcement. I have an announcement. I have an announcement for you, Chad. A special Tell me announcement it. from Nintendo <clears throat> coming tomorrow. Ooh They're gonna have uh, Xenoblade Chronicles two direct tomorrow. At 10 a.m. our time, my time. Yep. I forget you don't live in the same time zone now. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a shame. But, uh, yeah, so that'll be exciting. It's a game I'm looking forward to. Curious what they have to say. It comes out in a little bit less than a month now. So Yeah, right. It's they, like they need to talk about December, that game. December 2nd or something like that? December 1st. <clears throat> December 1st. For December That's 1st, the yeah. day I have my dentist appointment at Whoa. noon. How do they know that? They must have timed it perfectly for you. Oh, my you. God. Yeah, they know. Because <laughs> you're not definitely not buying Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I don't know. Would you Would you buy it? You, I, you I actually like JRPGs. I do. So, I also, yeah. I don't know. I'm not investing too much other than what's Mario on my Switch. But it's not like Mario you can Kart, get this Mario game. Rabbids, Mario Odyssey, and Zelda on my Switch. <laughs> That's what I've got. It's your favorite game of all time. Mario Odyssey? It's great. Mario Odyssey. No. Zelda Breath of the Wild. Favorite game oh, yeah. Mario time. Kart? Mario Kart's great. <laughs> I actually have some good Nintendo news here. Um, some surprising news, actually. Tell me about it. So this is the one that surprised me. They had their financial results uh, uh, last mm-hmm. week, I believe, and they said that 3DS sales are stable after the Switch, and they showed a graph 
that basically just shows like every week sales of the of the 3ds and which includes 2ds as well of course but um it's not only consistent it's actually a little bit higher than it was in some in certain weeks now here's the thing before they showed this graph they didn't pinky promise that it was real they could have just drawn a line going upwards and we they could have had their fingers crossed behind their back. They could have been lying. <laughs> I think lying to your investors is uh not legal, so <laughs> um No, that is interesting. I I don't like that because I, I want don't it like to die either. and I want everything just to be on Switch. Well, I think what so I think it shows a few things. So I think everyone was kinda of laughing at Nintendo when everyone's like, There's still a future for three DS and everyone's like, Ha ha ha, very funny Nintendo. Like everyone knows that no one's gonna buy a three DS anymore, they're just gonna use the Switch as their handheld. But that's not the case of what's happening. So it does mean that when Nintendo says that we don't see the Switch as taking over the handheld market as well, there might be some legitimate legitimacy to that. So maybe what we'll see in the future is a Switch Mini that, like in a few years, it, you can't take the Joy-Cons off. It is just like a PS Vita, basically. Like a little I'm, handheld. I'm if you want, like, just a portable tracks. I'm going to stop that in its tracks. Because you don't want that? No, one thing Alex Seiler was asking me about, he's like, do you think they're going to come out with a Switch? Like, I don't want to get a Switch now. And then, like, a year from now, you get, like, the Switch XL. And it was like, nope. Right now, I don't think I'm gonna, we're going to see any hardware revisions of Switch like that for a very long time because they think it's a home console. And it happens to be something you can take on the go. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to make a big screen version or a mini, more portable version because they are. this is their home console. But and what I'm saying is that... to take it on the go. So no, the point is, is that they, it'll be like a cheaper version of the Switch, but it is a handheld only. So it, it like they keep that one as their console. Like here's your console version of the Switch. Here's the kind of portable. I only want a portable. I want to get kind of Switch games more cheaply. I think oh, that's no, what that's going to be because well, they've said they're still going to do handheld. I just think it'd be really strange if they said we're releasing a brand new handheld outside the 3ds line that's also not in the switch line and it's something else completely like what would be the purpose of that yeah i don't think i see them releasing a handheld again for a a long time Mm -hmm. i think once 3ds finally like starts to peter off and they discontinue it i just don't think they replace that you think it's just gonna be just switch only i think it'll be just switch only Hmm. we'll see it's it's an interesting time for nintendo they're in a transition for sure but that was interesting that they did talk about as well um this is another new story related to the same financial conference. Yeah. They broke down who's using the Switch for what purpose. Mm-hmm. Like how they're using it. And that was pretty interesting too. So there's been a lot of speculation as to what that looked like. What Nintendo says is that uh, 50% of people, half of Switch users, go back and forth between docked and undocked. 30% use it in handheld and tabletop mode, which really means... 30% use it in handheld mode. <laughs> right. No one's, no one's using this in tabletop as their primary method of playing the Switch. And then you I have... I was for a lot of Odyssey. Wait, were you really? I was, yep. I would take my Joy-Cons out, slide on the little goddamn things, put it in tabletop mode. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I never use it in tabletop mode. It's not that it doesn't have a purpose. I think it's just funny that, like, you, you wouldn't describe that as your primary method of playing it, though. No one's like, oh, I only play it in tabletop mode. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's... It seems a little ridiculous. And then if something like 19% or something like that, play it only on the TV. Yeah. So I rarely play mine yeah. on the TV. Yeah, I do as well. I mostly 
mostly on handheld, but I really like playing Odyssey on the TV because it's absolutely gorgeous when you put it on on the yeah. TV. So, but I thought it was a pretty good breakdown. I'm not surprised that handheld is the is bigger than than TV in, the, yeah. in docked mode. That didn't surprise me at all. But I am surprised that the number of people who go back and forth a lot is 50%. I actually expected it to be uh, to be more than that, honestly. Really? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Because that's how I... I mean, I would consider myself in that category if I go back and forth. But I'm primarily just handheld, man. Just handheld. Yeah, that's because, you know, you're lame. That's uh, because I, I live life on the go in the fast lane. <laughs> um, cool, cool, cool. I have Can a few we talk more some stories. more about that? But about that call? Life in the... No. Uh, yeah, about me living life in the fast lane. Can we talk more <laughs> yeah. about me living life in the fast lane? <laughs> I, no, I wanted to pull out two more interesting things. One is yeah. that um, Nintendo has raised its estimate and plans to outsell the Switch will outsell the Wii yes. U in just its first year. Mm-hmm. So by March, they're they're planning for it to sell 14 million units, which is crazy. I think it's now up to like seven million. Yeah. And then they have the holidays. Seven point six or something like that. That's yeah. So which, crazy. It's selling so well. I think it's outselling. Someone, I, I don't have any to back this up, so this is just like an out of the blue statement. But like, I'm pretty sure someone said, someone said it's outselling every console like release in terms of speed and how fast. I don't know about that. Yeah, I think the only challenge to that would be um, the PlayStation Two or PS4. Yeah, I would but, I would look into that before you say it again. Let's rewind yeah. and pretend you didn't say that. Don't lie to us. Were you I, crossing I your said, fingers behind your back? Did you I pinky said I promise? wasn't sure about it. I said I we did not sure open this show with the pinky promise, did we? <laughs> Uh, the second thing that I thought was super cool was uh, Super Mario Odyssey sells 2 million copies in its first three yeah. days, and it is the fastest-selling Mario in U.S. history. Absolutely. So I think, I think a like, lot of people were wanting an open-exploration Mario-based game. Like, they were yeah. kind of waiting for this. Like, if I mean, I'm very into the Nintendo communities online and that kind of stuff, and the number one thing I hear all the time is, yeah, I mean, like, 3D World and 3D Land were pretty cool, but, like... They, they weren't Galaxy, they weren't Sunshine, they weren't 64. Like, people don't have the same, like, ooh, oh boy, a 2D-inspired 3D Mario game. Yep. It doesn't have the same weight to it. So I think this was something people were really waiting for. So I am not surprised by that. There's also a cool, kind of going back to the story here, there's a cool, almost a kind of, like, reaction to the um, Switch of success. And that is, um, who was it? Uh, this is on the Wall Street Journal. Their source was Hamamura, who is an executive for like the magazine Fam- Famitsu. Mm-hmm. He's apparently, if obviously, for an executive for a magazine like that in Japan, you're very aware of the happenings of Japanese game developers. Mark Wahlberg, M Night Shyamalan, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, those very, very famous, very famous Japanese developers. Um, and he's also known for having loose lips. And he likes basically means he just talks too much, <laughs> says things he shouldn't be saying, and he says that right now. Um, most of the third-party developers uh, in Japan are scrambling to get their games on the Switch because they were really anticipating this was going to be like the Wii U, and it wasn't yeah. going to sell that well. So they weren't anticipating this to be such a success. And now they're like, well, fuck, we've really got to get this going now. we got to start making Switch games. And he says because of that, we probably won't see a lot of really big third-party games until 2019 because of how long a lot of these developers have waited to, to jump on the train. Yeah. And that's upsetting, because I think that's going to kind of hurt the Switch. If you have two years of, yeah, it's really cool, like the Switch and all that, but it's not getting the third-party games that I want to play. Well, It's still think, selling super well, but... I think right now yeah. that is then prime time for the indies. 
as you yeah. mentioned, SteamWorld Dig 2, all these things, like, because the attach rate is amazing. People are looking for things to play on this system. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, I think we've talked about it before. Indies, indie developers are finding that even games that have been out for years on other systems, they mm-hmm. now have officially sold more on Switch than any of those combined. And that's the true, that's true for, like, four or five different games I've heard of now. Yeah. But I think, or I think consoles generally in their first year have higher attach rates and they tend to go down over time. Well, of course. Yeah. yeah. No, there's a lot more options. Yeah. So the other thing I thought I was going to take from that story is apparently Capcom stated uh, that it's really hard for third-party developers to release games in the first year for a launch of a console. And like, that's horseshit. <laughs> that's complete crap. Like, they made Dead Rising 3 for the Xbox One on, like, I think it was launch day that game came out. Like, it's just not, it's just them kind of making an excuse to not have the games on the Switch. That's all yep. of that is, yeah. Yep, Super like, Lucky's Tale, coming out day one for Xbox One X. Apparently it's terrible <laughs> from what I've heard. I know, I've read some reviews. <laughs> like, apparently you can't even shift the camera 360 degrees. You can only move it, like, to, like, a front angle or a back angle or, like, a dead-on angle. Yeah. You can't actually move it all the way around, which on a 3D platformer is kind of how those games work. Well, it's a, it's a VR so. game that they had to retrofit into a regular platformer. The original, so there's Lucky's Tale. That yeah. one's the VR game. Super Lucky's Tale is, I'm pretty sure, a sequel. I don't know. Is it VR? The first one was. I don't know. Your mom? Good point. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Nailed it. And then I got two more stories. Oh, I've got or, a lot more stories. You got a lot more stories? Okay. Yeah. Uh, one I just wanted to point out, um, PlayStation announced that PlayStation 4 worldwide shipments reached 67.5 million. Now, yep. the shipments, not necessarily sold, but I think the but last they, sold number was, like, 65. Yeah, I mean, they're selling. They're going to yeah. sell those units. And we're going into holiday. Yeah. That's going to be... I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if we come out of holiday with 70 million sold. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. They said that by March they want to have 79 million sold. They predict they're going to have 79 million. That's crazy. Units shipped. Sorry, units shipped. Yeah. Um. Yeah, good news for, uh, for Sony. They didn't break down, though, PS4 versus PS4 Pro, though, did they? No, and I have a feeling they won't. Yeah, I have a feeling we won't see that delineation at all. I would like to. I'm, I'm just unless PS4 Pro like takes off and starts selling yeah. gangbusters, and then they'll be like, "Oh, look at how proud we are!" But no, <laughs> as long as it's similar, to, like what Apple does in their earnings call with like iPods and Apple TVs, like yeah, it's all just those bundled numbers. together. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Um, another thing that I didn't for some reason realize, I watched some gameplay videos on IGN for Doom VR. Yeah, on PlayStation VR, and apparently that is a a new game made for PlayStation made yes. for VR. It versus is not Skyrim, Doom, yeah. which is Skyrim in VR. This is yep. a new Doom game. It's like Doom v, uh, VFX, I think. VFR. VFR. Okay. Virtual fucking reality, just like big fucking gun. Is that really what it is? Yeah. That's awesome. That's well, something. they were they were really kind of cheeky about it. Like, what does the what does the F stand for? And like, um, I don't know, fun. Is it? Is it <laughs> virtual fun reality i don't know <laughs> that's very bethesda yeah um so that's cool and that's coming out next week skyrim uh, there's yeah. so much shit is dropping in the next two weeks yeah yeah well this is the time of year that games really start to come out in high frequency yep speaking of kind of sticking on that playstation beat playstation plus lineup why do i have this in there's something in here that's important that i chose to include this like the playstation plus free games bound is on there which is a uh, VR mm-hmm. and regular game that I found super fascinating. I still haven't yeah, that was a good VR game. Yet. Uh, oh, 
So I wanted to chat about VR games becoming part of PlayStation Plus. This is mm-hmm. the second time now that that's been featured. The first one was Rigs that was available for two months, and now this uh, Until Dawn Rush of Blood is a free bonus game available for two months. I think that's really cool that they are... like I think a lot of people guessed, oh, when they get rid of one of these other systems, like we're not going to include PS3 games anymore, they'll replace it with a VR game. But it seems like they're doing that in addition, which is really cool. And I kind of like that it's a two-month free trial. It makes me go and play these games, and otherwise I'd be like, oh, I'll just add it to my collection, I'll get back to it, and then I never get back to it. Yeah. So I like that it's that two-month window, and it actually kind of makes me interested for Nintendo's online service offering if it when they do that like once per month. Although, no, just kidding. Yeah. They said that that's going to be more of a permanent thing, right? They changed Yeah, they said that. it was going to be a once a month, but they changed that, so you're not going to be able to keep the game. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. But it will it'll be interesting because that's a... In that case, they're going to give you a retro game like from the NES or SNES and then add functionality that wasn't there before. Yeah. So I'll be curious to see what that looks like. But anyway, to your So if you have a PSVR, Until Dawn, Rush of Blood PS4 from November 7th to January 2nd, I like it a lot. Holden hates it a lot. So decide for yourself. Write in and tell us how much Holden's I don't wrong. Hate, I don't hate VR. No, you hate Until Dawn, Rush of Blood. Oh, yeah, I do. It's, it's, <laughs> it's an on-rails shooter. It's all that that game is. And it's so fun. It's not great. It's just not interesting. Okay. Yeah. Shit. Here's something that I meant to to do. Dual Shockers has a article up right now that says you can use PlayStation trophies to earn PSN yeah. credit. So I'm a Sony Rewards member, which means like you buy stuff on the PlayStation Store, you get points, and then you can redeem those for more PlayStation credit. And there are like little challenges that you can do, like register mm-hmm. three Sony movie discs with us and we'll give you some points as well. But now you can, if you earn 10 platinum trophies, you'll get a thousand points, which is 10 bucks in credit. Or if you earn like... That's a lot of gameplay. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I mean, yeah. that also like, if you have that My Name is Mayo and you're just tap, tap, tapping for 10 bucks, that's, that's two platinum trophies right there. But you can also <laughs> do the same thing with gold trophies and silver trophies too. Mm-hmm. For obviously less credit, but I think that's super cool. Yeah, like we're okay. paying you to play games. Yeah, and not a lot. So but we're still paying you to play games. Yeah, it's it's a little reward. Yeah, and you can use that to buy other games or avatars mm-hmm. or themes or whatever the fuck you buy. Mm-hmm. But when I went to go use it, I did it on my phone, and like the mobile site is super janky for Sony Rewards, so I couldn't actually finish doing any is of this shit or looking into retroactive? it. Retroactive? Like, is it? Oh, you no. already have ten. Okay, yeah. That's what I, I think it is. Yeah, going forward. So if you've already played. Uh, my name is Mayo, or whatever it was called. Right, so I can't get those two trophies. But there yep. was that like one thousand top rated five plus yes. five star game yep. that apparently you could get quick trophies in. So I wonder now if all uh, you mean influx of these easy platinum games. <laughs> Somebody's gonna be like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> We're now in my out head, too much free money I was, now. <laughs> I was like, is it worth the like three dollars per shitty game? To go get these platinum trophies to then redeem for ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the economics doesn't really add up. But then I also get to gloat saying, "Look at my platinum trophy number." But then it's it's bloated because it's mm-hmm. not real. I mean, the real platinum trophies. It's but... as real as you make it, Chad. You're right. Um, I have two more tro- two more s- stories. You have left. two more trophies. You've gotten all the PlayStation trophies. You only need two more. Yeah. I got one more story, so I'll share mine. I had two more, but then you stole my PlayStation uh, 4 sales uh, one. Uh, so I have Media Molecules Dreams snake. is still in development. <laughs> yeah. 
It's still in development. So Michael Denny, Sony uh, v senior VP of uh, Worldwide Studios, he says that it's still in development and very, very exciting. So exciting. We haven't shown it in a while. That poor game. <laughs> so this is the game. It will return soon. And when it does, quote, it's going to blow people away. He says the game's going to be massive. It's going to be massive. Yeah. It's exciting. Um. I thought it was funny. There was, I was, it was, this is an IGN article, and the description they had of the game in the bottom of the article was, you will be solving platforming puzzles by creating items with the level and possessing characters in the world. So I'm like, oh, so it's Scribblenauts with Mario Odyssey. Nobody knows what the fuck this game is. So it sounds like what it is is you have some sort of platforming obstacle, and you're like, oh, if I create this like object, it'll help me get on that platform to keep going. So it's like it's like... Little Big Planet in the sense that in Little Big Planet you would make levels, in this you are in a pretty existing level and you can build things in it to help accomplish the goal of that level. Sounds terrible um, to me. Yeah, I don't, I'm not too thrilled about it. I also wasn't a, like, Little Big Planet, those are really cool games. They're not for me. I don't really like those creation games. I want to play I was all about. I was all about the, like, playing through the levels that were designed by Sony themselves, yeah. the Media Molecule, but then, yeah. Never touched the player creation tools. I played a couple of user-generated levels, and I'm like, wow, these are all trash. Yeah. That's kind of that how Super Mario, Mario Maker problem, yeah. yeah, they were like, great concept. Not everyone's a game developer. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I... This is a game they've been showing off now since literally the PlayStation 4's announcement. Mm -hmm. This has been a long time coming. When games like this are... are not shown and don't come out for a long time it's usually not a great sign yep like they're not and even the, showing the fact that the they were like they were supposed to have a an open beta this summer never happened never happened no word on that Did, they didn't cancel it just never happened yeah and they which is also another forgot. not a really great sign either yeah and yeah. they only have like realistically if they're they're mentioning yeah we're gonna have some news before the end of the year they have playstation x or psx and game i Awards. think that's where we're gonna see this if he says it's going to return December. soon, soon's not E3 next year. No. Soon is within the next few months. I, I would. That's how I would define it, at least. Yeah. One thing to keep in mind, I as much as I wasn't super crazy about Little Big Planet, just from personal taste, I understand it's a really cool game. They made Tearaway, and Tearaway is such a magical yeah. experience. I that, love Tearaway on Vita. Yeah, it's so, so It's honestly still good on PS4 as well. Um but so I, I'm kind of like, okay, I'll still check it out and see what it is, because Tearaway was so good. And these are the same guys making it, so. So those are all my news stories. Which I've were got far one better than yours. No, as a, a follow-up. No, you don't. To you don't last have any week. more stories. Remember nope. the game Erica we talked about? That was yes. shown off at, at um It's not so I think it's actually not It is it is live action. Yeah, it's live action. It is a yes. live action game that blends CGI elements, like the fact that you're able to wipe a tear from her cheek with your yeah. actions, which is weird as fuck. Um but that just makes me even more... I was already impressed if it was going to be CGI. Like, that that mm -hmm. looks incredible. But yeah. then the fact that they're able to take that amount of live action, like, all mm -hmm. completely live action, and blend gameplay elements with it so you actually feel like you're in control of a movie yeah. without, like, load screens and shit like that sounds incredible to me. This is actually technology that's being used in a lot of different facets. Uh, Disney, I think last year, talked about how they were going to do, do something similar where they would shoot a scene twice 
and have the actor just like change their facial expressions a little bit like hey play this scene really sad okay now play it really happy and they can control the emotions post editing yeah and so that's kind of something that's already already kind of happening but it's never been done live in a game before and it's it's weird that it's 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 not like big chunks like oh i make a, a thing and then this scene plays out for two or three minutes there's Flavorworks, which is the name of the company making it, is mm-hmm. aiming for an experience that requires you to tap or swipe every 15 seconds. Can you oh, imagine okay. it, that, like, the if you're making a choice that can possibly change what's happening on the screen every 15 seconds? That's a lot how of much variables, they have yeah. to record? I bet if that comes out on Switch, it's going to be 5,000 trillion gigabytes. <laughs> <laughs> but it won't be on PS4. It'll only be 5 gigs on PS4. That's so... The way you phrased that was like, only on Switch will it be 5,000. Only on Switch, yes. Only on Switch will it be that big. (laughs) Uh, No, but the the technology, like the way that it works, they're keeping a secret. They they want everyone to be, it has this magic feel to it, so they won't let everyone know how they're doing it. And I, that's all I want to know in my whole life. I don't even. I'm gonna protest the game. I'm not gonna play the game until I know how it works. (laughs) (laughs) So, hold on, I have one more. No, you don't. I think we might have mentioned this a few weeks ago, like back in June or by weeks I mean months. We did, yeah, we did. Back we in totally June did. or July. I don't know. I haven't heard the story yet. I know. I'm like, I'll shut what up. Are you talk- You can't read this through the reflection of my eyeballs in that tiny camera. Through FaceTime, um, absolutely, I can. So there was a game rental service from GameStop that was like trialed in Pennsylvania or something yes, like that. This is such a great deal. And this is now, but it's now worldwide. Yeah. Oh, sorry, wait, no, maybe just U.S. I think it's U.S. Um, so, it's, yeah, basically it is Blockbuster for video games, where you can go mm. in, you can it's find not, a... I wouldn't say it's Blockbuster. Because Blockbuster would say, like, I'm going in to rent the game, and the rental costs $3 or something like that. You're paying 60 bucks for six months, and then you can just check any pre-owned game out. Right, one at a time, yeah. One at a time, yeah. And as many times as you want to, as long as you're bringing the game back. So, I guess it's like Netflix, yeah. like it's old like school ne- Netflix... Yeah. Met with the physical location of Blockbuster. Exactly, yeah. And at the end of the six months, you can pick one of the games to keep. Yeah, you just keep a game. Keep That's a so game. cool. That is so cool. It's so smart of them to do because it gets people coming back in the store a lot. Yep. And if yeah. they come back in the store to swap out their game every time, that's one more time they can ask you, are there any upcoming games you want to pre-order? You want to put $5 <laughs> down on any games? And then you can be like, no, I'm getting this one for free. Well, part of my $60 six-month subscription. But they will probably make more money doing it this way. Because how many times did you have, like, I, I have Netflix. I pay monthly for Netflix. There, I've gone a month without watching anything on Netflix before. And I'm like, oh, I still paid for it. I watch Netflix all the goddamn time. I don't. I don't. Whether it's, like, I woke up at 1030 at night and I can't get back to sleep, so I'm going to watch six episodes of The Office. Mm-hmm. Or watching American Vandal or... Stranger American Things so good. or Mindhunter. Mindhunter's not very good. But I watched it all. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with OA. Hated OA, but I watched it all. That was my roommate that made me do that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so... You didn't yeah, watch just, Mr. Robot, though. You didn't watch Mr. Robot all No, it's because that show is fucking boring as shit. And it's I will only so watch that good. one 90-minute episode one time in my entire life, and I'm not going to go back and watch anything else. You should watch the next episodes because they're so good. Oh, No. They're so good. It's the best show ever. That was the longest episode of television of my entire life, watching that first pilot. (laughs) So that's it. That's it for my news stories. That's all I got. 
That's it. That's all I can do. Sat down and took a big well, old Well, I think you can do better, Chad, so I'm very disappointed in you. I can do better than that. <laughs> well, we have a feature topic, which has kind of been something we were, we've been talking about on the show for a while now, but we wanted to kind of really get into it, and that's this whole single-player games are going away. And kind of thinking that about Dying. that outside of the context of just EA, just generally speaking, what do we think is going to happen with single-player games? What's the future of that look like? Are all games going to be multiplayer going forward? No, I don't think... The, I think the answer is no. Go on. Go on. Yeah, so I think that... So I, I I found this video on YouTube, and now I can't remember who made it, but it was really interesting. Actually, I sent it to you. Did you watch you it? You did, yep. I watched it. Yeah. And basically, the point the guy made in the video was that they're the games are still profitable. Single-player games are still profitable. It's not that they lose money by making single-player games. It's just that microtransaction games are so much more profitable. Like, right. In ridiculously profitable. That, of course, they're going to do that. And that's kind of the, the important tidbit I took out of that. Out of that. So let's say in this hypothetical scenario that AAA developers do kind of get out of making single-player games that we're used to in the sense of, like, Uncharted or, like, the Jack and Daxter games or Ratchet and Clank kind of style games of the past... The, I'm not concerned about single-player games going away in total because there are still developers who excel at single-player games and make games that they want to play themselves and people still want to play single-player games. So, like, yep. Rockstar has come out and said, we are always going to be making single-player games. I can't imagine Naughty Dog making a Destiny-style, like, game. Like, the way they tell stories is only really possible in those single-player-style games. So you could not make a multiplayer like massively online last of us like game and have it have the same feel that the last of us has it just right. wouldn't work you couldn't tell that story in that manner nintendo i can't see them making online games because they don't know the internet exists <laughs> <laughs> it's it's tough for them so i don't think like yeah there's gonna be some you know big third party de or triple a developers who do probably steer farther away. I actually think that there's a very strong chance that that could happen. And the games of the service kind of becomes a, a staple for those companies. Indies are still going to make single-player games. I mean, Hellblade is a great example of that. Yeah. A fantastic example of that. So, like, it's just, I'm not concerned about it. But I think another element of it, too, is I think over time, microtransactions are going to piss people off. If that oh, yeah. becomes so dominant. They're already piss, there. Yeah. I mean, it's already, already happening, there. but... It hasn't. It hasn't impacted sales yet, though. Once it starts impacting sales, then I think you'll see companies start to go. Oh no, no, we still make single player games. We still do that. Right. So that's kinda, all of this. Yeah. This whole hullabaloo definitely started. I think I've used that word now way too often on this podcast. I just hullabaloo? said that out loud and I was like hullabaloo. No, I think that's like the third time in in three podcasts that I've said that, and that needs to be retired. Hey, it's, a, it's a good word. No, it's not. It's a great it sounds word. Sounds like Dr. Seuss. Anyway, this all started, wrong with this Dr. whole Seuss. conversation, I think, of course, obviously started with EA shutting down Visceral Games, mm -hmm. um, which, by the way, I did go back and actually spend 45 minutes reading that Jason Trier article on it's Kotaku. 45 minutes, like, holy shit. Let's, yeah. I want to talk about that. So, I, I never read it. I'm curious what you found it in, but keep so, going, yeah. The, I mean, this is a little off topic, Yeah. Um, but that game was not, not anywhere... Like, boiling it down into the press statement, they said and said, hey, we want to take this, we've done research, and we know that our fans want experiences they can come back to for years and years, so we're going to gear towards that instead. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely the most reductive way to look at this, okay. and the it boils down to a bunch of different things. I did actually, so remember last time when I started reading the 
the first paragraph of that article and I was like, oh man, listen to this. This kind of encapsulates it. And then I was reading the wrong paragraph and I was like, oh, that's not actually what I'm meant to do. Um, it basically started all the way back in 2013 when Dead Space 3 kind of tanked critically and, and mm-hmm. sales wise. And then it's just one thing after another, after another, like this game should have been canceled a long time ago. And they were just bleeding employees from visceral because it was too expensive to be there. They kept getting shoved into pro like they, they made like everyone work on battlefield hardline. They made everyone work in the frostbite engine, which was only developed for first person games, even though they were making a third person action adventure game. Like, it's it's a game that should have been killed a long time ago. And I'm going to find this paragraph You're still right referring now. to Star Wars, right? Yes, still okay. referring to Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, all of this was all leading up to, like, um, all of that was leading up to this studio just kind of crumbling from within. And they had been, mm-hmm. they'd been dying for years. Okay. Not to mention the fact that Visceral lives in San Francisco, is, is based in San Francisco, which, like, just the cost of living and the cost of Absolutely, keeping an employee yeah. there is, mm-hmm. like, triple all of their other locations. And yeah, then they were trying to, like, sense. they were trying to take game development away from Visceral by hiring. Like, they are like, okay, cool, we're going to give you guys a new studio in Vancouver. And then we're going to hire a bunch of people in there in Vancouver where it's much higher or much lower cost of living. There are tax breaks. And then all of a sudden, Battlefield or Battlefront comes out and they're like, oh, we got a lot of feedback saying they want single player in Battlefront 2. So remember all those people we hired for your game? They're now going to go towards Battlefront 2's single player campaign instead. And you guys aren't going to get them. And we're also not going to let you hire any more people. And then people oh, just kept yeah. leaving Visceral. That's and some then, bad business right there. Yep. And then <laughs> they're like, well, now we're going to, uh, now that that is done, you guys don't really have an artistic director. You don't have a game director. You don't have like all of these positions that were going unfilled as people left at Visceral. Mm-hmm. They didn't hire, they didn't allow them to hire anyone to fill those positions. Like, cool. We're now going to hire all those positions for you. And those people are going to be in the Montreal studio or in the, in the Vancouver studio. And now suddenly your game is basically de facto Vancouver's game and not Visceral's game. So that thing that you've been working on for four years is no longer your game. And we're starting to have to take it over here. And that pissed a lot of people off. Um, ah. So we just have different reasons to not like EA, basically. <laughs> yeah. I think, hold on. You talk about something. Um, let me find this this paragraph. Um. I think it's going back to the whole single player, the whole single player deal. I think actually we kind of brought up there with whole like Battlefront has you know a single player campaign because people really wanted that and EA wanted that in their game. I even think that that's still going to happen where yeah you're going to have these games that are primarily focused on multiplayer, but yeah. they're still going to have a single player campaign as like a for the box feature that they can talk about. I mean if if EA did all of what he just said to get single player in battlefront it is still important for them yeah I found it's not it. like yeah it's not like they're gonna get rid of single player altogether entirely exactly yeah uh i just wanted to read this one thing and then we'll kind of jump off this article over yeah. the past week i've talked to nearly a dozen former visceral employees who worked on ragtag which was the code name for the game mm. all of whom spoke anonymously because they did not want to risk damaging their careers I've also spoken to several other developers who are tangentially connected to visceral they all share similar stories 
Ragtag was a project sunk by many factors, including a lack of resources, a vision that was too ambitious for its budget, a difficult game engine, a director who clashed with the staff, a studio located in one of the most expensive cities in the world, a reputation for toxicity, multiple conflicts between Visceral and EA, and what can only be described as the curse of Star Wars. So there was a lot of shit going on. But all that is to say that after reading through that and seeing some of EA's practices, they're like, yeah, we're forcing you to make this multiplayer part. And we, oh, this has to have more Star Wars elements. Mm -hmm. This has to happen. So I think EA as a developer, that might be the end of linear single player games that we see from EA specifically. Yeah. But if you look at just this year alone, we've had Zelda Breath of the Wild. We've had Horizon Zero Dawn. We've had Super Mario Odyssey. We have uh, Resident Evil. Everything from Bethesda. We have yeah, Fallout, Bethesda's one Resident of the Evil, yeah. Doom. We have Neo. Uh, Neo. Near Automata. We have yeah. so many single player games. I don't mm-hmm. think this is going to be a big deal at all. We have everything on the slate coming up from Sony. God of War. We have un- uh, not Uncharted. Last of Us Part Two. Like Ghost of Spider Man. Ghost. Yeah. Single player games are not dead. If yeah. anything, there are just a few. I mean, EA mm-hmm. has infamously been called the has been voted the worst company in the world several years are they really yeah did you not know that <laughs> no it's I like didn't. the last like six years there's like some vote on some websites like what is the worst company in the world and ea always tops the list that's hysterical um all the companies who really do like physical harm to the planet and like all that stuff like, <laughs> yeah no but right EA, exactly it's ea all these oil drilling companies that are just <laughs> bleeding oil into the atlantic um no it's ea surprising no yeah. so um, it's not Pfizer. it's ea <laughs> i mean ea is definitely more business focused they make some pretty mm-hmm. great games but they, they definitely do, yeah. are like hey we're here for the money and let's not joke games are a business they are Absolutely, there to make money yeah. and if something doesn't make money it's gonna get axed but yeah um What's i the think H- they more are gonna be focused on that and and we'll see strong third-party showings from specific studios yeah. who that's their strong point also the games industry has constantly grown like, I can't think of a single year where it's like, oh, this is the year where, like, no games were really coming out because, like, there's no one's making games. Like, no, like, there's always more and more and more games coming out. If anything, people are now complaining that there are too many games coming out there. So just because there's going to be a lot more games of service coming out doesn't mean that there's going to be less single-player games coming out as well. Because the industry is constantly growing, okay, we can make these single-player games and then also these games of service games because that's kind of something that people want as well. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that they're going to impact each other. I mean, and people kind of point to the EA example. Visceral is like, but but see here, they canceled it because single player game. I mean, what that was a very small portion of what happened there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, honestly, after reading that article, I'm I'm like I'm very glad this game didn't come out. Yeah, I've been honestly. I'm sure uh, Amy Hennig is glad too because that would have been damaging to her reputation <laughs> to have like no games come out for ten years and then that's the game. That, that's the game. Yeah. Yeah. So nope, they're not dead. No, not even close. We are the definitive answer on that. Yep, we are. We are, absolutely. No one, don't listen to anyone, anything anyone else has to say. Only this podcast has the correct information yep. on it. Mm-hmm. Fake news. Totally. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I really have on this. Do we have player. any interrogatives this week? We haven't had interrogatives for, for a while. Somebody needs to be, I swear to God, I'm having a stroke. Did I just say interrogatives? Interrogatives. Insubordination. <laughs> Subscriber interrogatives. We need some people to write in. Give us some shit. Other than that, you guys have been great, though. Yeah. Um, for the month of November, 
You guys remember how we played Amnesia for an hour and hated it? <laughs> we decided we're going to do something similar to that every month, except for hopefully we'll like this one. Our game of the month that we'll discuss at the end is going to be... Super Metroid. Super Metroid. In my head, I was thinking Metroid Prime, but that's not right. That'd Super Metroid. Uh, so if you have a 3DS or if you have an SNES Classic or if you have a Super Nintendo still around... Or even uh, ROM. Yeah. Pick that up and play along with us, and mm-hmm. we'll uh, share our thoughts and kind of do a... What is that game, like 25, 30 years old now? 90, no. I think no, about 94. 20, maybe 23. 20, 23 years, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm we'll excited. do a little yeah. post-review 23 years later. Yeah. And I've actually, I've never played it before. You've played a little bit of it, right? I played about half of it a long time ago, and then I I, I got wrapped up in something else, and I just didn't, I didn't play it. And you'll be playing on 3DS. I'll be playing on Super Nintendo Classic. Yes. Cool. Cool. Good Sounds time. good. Thanks for listening to episode 35 of the Split Screen Gaming Podcast. Go on social media. Find us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter. If for some reason something goes fucked up, look for those as well to be like, hey, this is fucked up. Don't worry. It's fucked. Like, like when, the, when the episode was bad the other week. Yeah. And uh, thank you for everyone who pointed that out to us as well. Yeah. All you great thank little you bunny rabbits. Dane Deasy and was someone else who did as well. I think it was America Ferreira. I know, yeah, right? Yeah, America Ferreira, Ugly Betty, listens to our podcast. No, it was That's Jeff crazy. Goldblum. Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, man. Jeff Goldblum and Thor was so good. Oh, did you, you saw so Thor now? So good. I, yeah, I actually saw it right before we did this podcast. Oh, okay. We'll talk about it after the podcast. I did not like it. <sighs> but Jeff Goldblum didn't. was awesome. Jeff Goldblum was freaking did, great. Did you see the, the post, post-credit post sequence, like the second post-credit? Yep. Of that course was... I did. I like Marvel movies. Of course I know to stay around for the second yeah, post-credit scene. I'm just saying. Some people don't. And uh, I know how much uh, you hate movies. Uh, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, uh, Chaos Theory. Goodbye, y'all.